0: Welcome, everybody. I don't know who's there, but uh, at some point, you'll be welcome. Um, It's been a while, and uh, I thought I would uh, do a little recap. Um, My name is Shama Sondardas, and um, uh, you just never know who is going to run into this um, video on Zoom. So um, as a disclaimer, as usual, I I did all my prayers before because uh, there's a lot to talk about. So, just know that I'm all prayered up, and uh, let's get into the topic of this series. This is a series of uh, lessons on the Sri Chaitanya uh, Sangha page, uh, like many other series of lessons that you can find. Mine is on the 24 gurus that appear uh, mentioned in uh, Bhagavatam. We are now discussing the third guru, which is Ether because it's been a long time, I would like to um, uh, give an introduction. And by the way, if you hear a weird sound, it's uh, the cicadas that sometimes stop, but otherwise I haven't found the application to turn them down yet. Okay, so let me see if I can, uh, if I can share my screen and uh, we can both see the Bagan Thumb page. Except I'm not getting any option. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, no, never mind. It looks like I need to tell my computer, give them all kinds of authorizations. Not this time. So, um, I don't know how to get out of that. Oh, boy. There's no cancel or anything. There it is. Okay. So I'll be reading, and then you can do the same. This is from um, the 11th canta of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's chapter 7, and it goes all the way into chapter 9. So the context is... Um, I was actually on chapter 9, let me go back to the beginning. Well, it's as you know, the, the Bhagavatam is a story within a story within a story. So what happens here is that Maharaj Yadu, without telling you who was telling the story of Maharaj Yadu, runs runs into this Brahmana, this uh, Avadhuta, as he's called. Avadhuta is somebody who is like, well, essentially crazy out of his mind, the way they behave. They just don't belong um, in any scheme. Who appears crazy? He's definitely not crazy, quite, quite the opposite but uh, they just they just don't care for social norms and um, you know what people are going to think about and and and, uh he's just absorbed in a self really so he'll, he'll do the weirdest things and so this brahman in particular caught the attention of Maharaj Yadu because he said you're capable to do to do stuff religious activities or any sort of activity you're just wandering around like a child like you have nothing to um to find in the material world. So he got intrigued and he asked him. And uh, the Brahmana said, "Hmm. my dear King, this is uh, the uh, thirty-two text 32 of the seventh chapter of the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. My dear King, with my intelligence, I have taken shelter of many spiritual masters. I hope the quality of this microphone is good because my super duper microphone broke uh, last month. Um, having gained transcendental understanding from them, I now wonder about the earth in a liberated condition. Please listen as I describe them to you. And this is the list we'll be going over. So you can th- you can see that it used to be a weekly affair. Now it's a monthly thing. And 24 months, we're going to be talking about these gurus forever. But what better? What better thing do we have to do? O King, I have taken shelter of 24 gurus who are the following the earth, air, sky, water, fire, moon, sun, pigeon, and python, the sea, moth, honeybee, elephant, and honey thief, the deer, the fish, the prostitute Pingala, the Kurara bird, and the child, and the young girl, arrow maker, serpent, spider, and wasp my dear King by studying their activities I have learned the science of the self which is like well <laughs> that's a, a, still a, a very special person who could see a sparrow, or a prostitute or a child or the most common things the sun the moon and draw such intense such deep realization into the nature of the self you will see just uh, from the very first elements that he analyzes it's like, oh, and therefore I realize that the soul is also, should not get involved with the goings-on of the material world. Yeah, okay, that's not what everybody concludes uh, while looking at the sun. Who even notices the sun, right? You would notice when the sun doesn't rise, but otherwise we just take it for granted. So there's a huge teaching in this story, in this... um passage from the bhagavatam in and of itself there are so many teachings in fact i'm at a loss trying to convey you know it's like an atomic power sridhar sridhar used to talk about uh, i can't remember what in particular but um, well i don't know if it was the maha mantra but something spiritual he said it's like breaking the atom it looks so simple like brindavan everything the, the the things happening there are so simple or the example is given that a grain of sand in Vrindavan has enough knowledge to drown this whole world or has more knowledge in consciousness than this whole inert manifest phenomenal world or phenomenic word world so uh what does this all mean um actually i wasn't going to talk about what this means but it is the case <laughs> Uh, so there's so much that could be impact and uh, I, I find myself struggling when I prepare or when I kind of meditate on all these topics how is ether my guru how should I see my guru in ether and so many realizations, uh, realizations come about and I'm like gee that's a long way to you know if I went that route I, I would need five hours to talk about that and so it really chokes you up and makes you not want to speak at all which is another important teaching another base teaching of our tradition that words only go so far we can explain you know the infinite the eternal the absolute with words but words are not eternal or absolute or or infinite they can only help us conceptualize given that we do live in the world of words of labels of designations and uh, and we need them as a side um note you may have seen those articles those videos saying how you know the ancients didn't have a word for blue they just uh, wouldn't conceive wouldn't uh, be able to perceive blue they thought it was a shade of green I remember when I was studying Bengali to write a song about my my groomer actually, I, I i was like i'm gonna make it in medieval bengali because why not <laughs> so i had to learn bengali and i learned modern bengali and then i kind of aged it by exposing myself to the bengali of bhatinatakur which is kind of like modern and ancient at the same time and the Charitamrita so in this modern bengali book it said that hari means green blue. What do you mean green? Blue we in the West just hear that Krishna is blue, you know, colour of a monsoon cloud, or you know, black emanating light, which makes it look bluish. But we all think of Krishna as blue, although Krishna means black. And yet Hari means green. And in common Hindi words, you know, Hari Danya means green coriander, Hari Mirch means green chilies. So go figure, Hari is green now. Now, there could be a a poetic uh, vision of this because they say and and, Krishna has been described like this, like he's bluish, but the glow of his yellow dhoti from a distance, as you well may know, yellow and blue uh, turn into green when they merge. So at a distance, it looks like a a green spot or you could say that Krishna is black, but the glow of Radhani's uh, golden complexion or yellowish. Uh, together you see green so anyway uh, the ancients wouldn't perceive the color green just like in English we have a color for pink and red but um, it's really just red with white right we don't have a a color for a name for uh, you know a very light uh, green like I guess minty green there are so many shades of colors and but essentially somebody would say it's green they wouldn't say oh it's mint uh, so for the ancients, blue was green, and yet another tribe in Africa has like 30 names for 30 shades of green or some, some crazy number like that. The, um, I can't remember what they're called, Inuit or the natives of the um, uh, Arctic region of Canada, they have 30 words for the word, 30 word, 30 names for the word, for snow you know when it's uh, fluffy snow recently fallen or like frozen snow or like slushy snow we just say it's snow. what more is there 30 say once you know it's you know that icy stuff that falls from the sky it's snow so you know or the whole uh you know what's it called thing that's going on in society in modern society right now with transgender people wanting to be recognized and wanting a pronoun I personally don't think that language should be revolutionized like that and that we should do away with the masculine and feminine which are so much at the base of uh how we perceive the dual world the duality of the world it doesn't matter you know we attribute we in the West in the modern society attribute a meaning to masculine and feminine. And so we're like, why do you have to call him masculine? Why? But the truth is that there is duality. Well, there is the perception of duality. If I if I get to it, I'll be I'll be talking about this, how this is not the world of duality. This is the world where you perceive duality. But really, there's nothing but consciousness. There's nothing but Krishna and his energies interacting. But I'm jumping, jumping again. I'm still explaining this color blue thing uh so anyway it's important to have a word for something human beings cannot quite conceptualize of something if they don't name a name if they don't have a name for it so just like in canada the native people have so many words for snow you can find so many words for love in Sanskrit. you have pretty you have prema, you have kama, you have uh, uh you know so so many different words okay so um, why was I talking about words? And uh, we're talking about the gurus. Well, well, I, I guess it will come, but, um, see, that's the problem of uh, talking to a camera. They can't give you feedback. I really cannot remember what I was talking about. This is the world of words. Well, that is true. You you, you can believe me on that we, It's It's our experience. Uh, we're talking about the essence or the gurus. Anyway, back to the original story. It, 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 we'll come back. So, this uh, Avadhuta is telling uh, Maharaj Yadu, I have these 24 gurus and I got self realized by observing uh, these uh, very common things. So, the point I remember making is that how many of us have seen the sun? How many of us have stepped on the earth? probably all of us and thought you know oh the earth is my guru like this Sabadhuta thought so it kind of goes to show that um oh, again so many things um i was talking about how hard it is to unpack all these teachings because you know here i am trying to make sense of how ether is our guru or how we can see our good in ether and i was saying there's an overarching teaching that can be found in this story. The very um, existence of this avadhuta is a teaching. It means that, um, let's see if we can explore that one and uh, get to the end of one of my ramblings. Um, how likely it is if you don't have previous um, you know, practice in a transcendental uh, pursuit how likely it is to, uh, to obtain self-realization from seeing the sun, from observing the earth and the prostitute and the moth. Maybe, you know, uh, in this lifetime, you do it once and you, and you obtain realization, but that's because of the ava- advancement, the progress you've made over other lifetimes. And uh, I'm still not alone. It's very important. Uh, Or or let's say the Gaudiya Vaishnava movement stresses, I heard, I don't know all of them, but I believe it, the figure of the Guru more than any other sampradaya or um, any other spiritual path. And it's uh, very important. So in in the 11th canto itself, I forgot to make a note. Unfortunately, I don't remember the the number. Let's see if I can find it uh, real quick. But anyway in the 11th canto which is the one we're addressing uh, we're, we're analyzing now krishna says krishna himself himself says there 11 17 27 he says acharyam mam bijaniyata. so acharyam mam mean, means it should be known um, that the acharya is mom, me acharyam, mom, bijaniyat. Well, anyway, then uh, the verse goes on. But Shriya Shriya Maharaj is fond of uh, quoting this, and my guru Maharaj, Shriya Tripurari Maharaj, uh, Shriya Bhaktivedanta Tripurari Maharaj is uh, fond of um, uh, you know, um showing the importance of this verse where krishna says ultimately i am the guru you should know that i am the guru so given that krishna is all pervasive it's uh, it already makes it a little bit clearer how this uh, brahmana can see the guru everywhere but you know you need to have some knowledge you need to have one guru some sadhu who kind of tells you um gives you at least a seed of this knowledge and then of course if you have uh if you were born in that context which helps because you know back then it was very very likely to have at least the notions of reincarnation and uh keep in t- keep in mind that this is a brahmana he is an avadhuta, but he's a brahmana because you know there are so many you know social classes uh, in, in vedic society it's not like you know, you would say the West is Christian, okay, but not every Tom Dick and Harry, who is born in a, in a Western uh, town, in, in a Western setting, knows there is to you know about Christianity and the complexities of uh, theology of Christian uh, theistic thoughts. You know, they may have some vague thought or vague um, concept of heaven and, and and hell and sin. So, but this was a brahmana, so he for sure no knew that the soul uh, just by you know his own parents and uh, a certain uh, upbringing he may have had before becoming an avadhuta. So uh, that kind of uh, helps putting things in uh, in context and. Uh, um Seeing these twenty four uh, um uh, elements of, um, phenomena of of nature only corroborated or maybe developed a certain um, world view the, the and realization that he already had so anyway um let me go back to the to the verses now let's talk about these um oh one other point one other uh, important thing my guru Maharaj is fond of saying is that well given the context and what prompts him to say it he says that if you think you have many gurus or if you follow many gurus ultimately you have no guru but if you have one guru you end up having well, infinite gurus. Everybody is your guru. You will hear "Shri Guru," not necessarily your guru with a certain face and name and persona and and, uh, and physique, but "Shri Guru," this principle of the teaching coming down, this link. You would you would say, Sri Sri Aurobindo is um, also known for saying that the guru is the link that. Yeah, the link between the infinite and the finite. When the infinite decides to show himself and um, reach out to the finite, it does it through the Guru. So I can imagine uh, having a huge sheet go through a ring, and it's possible somehow. So um, that's uh, how the Guru is described. The infinite making itself uh, accessible to the finite. Just a second. And so the infinite means everything an infinite number of things everything that there is the absolute it's so inconceivable to again a whole lesson class if not many many uh, classes should be and could be um, uh, given just to explain this point a very crucial point of our uh, um, of the path we've chosen well it's it's actually universal it's gonna have to do with our path it's just how it is you got to learn there there will always be somebody something that knows more than you that you can draw benefit from etc so um so that's why by accepting one guru you can funnel all the teachings all the you know the mercy all the help from the whole absolute that you're you're part of but you just cannot quite see it that way and um through this one ring like i was saying the sheet through the ring uh, and that's what sridharaj meant the guru is the link between the infinite and the finite when the infinite decides to show itself through the uh, um, to the finite whereas conversely you have these people who say oh i have um Many gurus, I listen a little bit from everybody, which sounds so open minded and uh, liberal and uh, like I'm not sectarian. I don't listen to just this one person saying that we should do it this way. But ultimately, when it comes to commitment and, you know, doing things with your life, who are you going to listen to? Everybody, ultimately nobody, because you don't have a sense of belonging, of duty, of love which is, uh, I was saying that in the Gaudiya movement, the Guru is um, much more crucial, the position, the figure of the Guru is much more important than any other sampradaya. Meaning, you just don't get initiation from somebody like, you know, I got the mantra and I'm on my merry way there is a a deeper relationship there can be a deeper relationship and given that a gaudiya vaishnava will teach love of god he or she teaches you to love so naturally it's, it's the subject matter you're trying to learn you're trying to master so in the very least you'll be developing love for your guru um and and the guru is uh a notion of love and mercy and compassion and help, as uh, we perceive him or her, the, the figure of guru. So, if this avadhuta had twenty-four gurus, like I said, man, I'm talking about. I have not prepared any of this, but <laughs> it's 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 a well, let's show. Let's all in, uh, enjoy the ride. It's uh, the magic of prayer. You just you just pray and then you just let it go. Let it just flow out. See what happens. Um. So the guru. So uh, the point I made other times is that, for all intents and purposes, he could have had two hundred and forty gurus, two hundred and forty thousand gurus. But the point is, what I was uh, saying before: if you have a guru, if you have a path and a commitment and a goal and a way to reach the goal, then you naturally take advantage of everything that helps you uh, achieve that goal, and whatever helps you, you take it as your guru. Whatever it comes in the, whatever helps comes your way, you feel gratitude, you're like, oh, it's coming. I mean, I'm making it a bit abstract and poetic, but uh, you know, it is this way. It's been described so many ways in our scriptures. So this Brahmana who already had the background and the you know, upbringing of a Brahmana and a core of uh, spiritual knowledge, on top of it became an avadhuta, And uh, he says he became an avadhuta after observing these 24 gurus it's uh well i am i am no authority to say if that was the case or not but uh if we were to bring it closer to home are we gonna uh, you know achieve realization by you know all of a sudden we're like i need to look for a python and where's a prostitute you know uh i don't know (laughs) a moth or whatever uh and i live in the in the forest of costa rica not too many prostitutes here but i've seen moths and the sun and the moon and air water and, and all these elements um i'm still not quite self-realized but anyway this is just the generic story i haven't even quite touched on all the gurus but it, it's just important to, to to know that you know shri guru is everywhere so naturally you know you can name 24 out of the many sources of inspiration and why is go guru everywhere because like i said it should be known that i krishna says i am the acharya and he's everywhere okay now going to uh it's already been half an hour uh, the list we were talking about starts with the most basic constitutional elements of the physical reality we see we perceive every day, like earth, like I said, we all step on the earth, and we don't even, we certainly don't think of it as our guru or, um, yeah. And uh, to sum up as best I can, what we've talked about so far about these gurus, uh, we were saying that the earth, uh, with its solidity, teaches us self centeredness, not in the sense of uh, egocentrism and you know to be centered in self not who we think we are but the actual self to find um, you know guru. guru means heavy so like the earth is heavy we were talking about these um, esoteric movements that belong to each element we said that the earth is uh, centripetal like that if we were to uh, attribute a movement a direction to the element earth it's all towards the center that's you know it's matter that's so condensed that the atoms are so tied together earth you know means rock or it's the most um and of all rocks of all minim- of all minerals there can be some that are really, really really dense and um so it's got this movement of going toward the sun uh yeah the sun the center and it, it, it conveys solidity stability we made um well we made so many parallels that if i mention them we'll never touch on uh, the ether so let's leave it at that and then we analyzed air which uh has the opposite movement it's centrifugal it's like expansion and we were saying how does how is air our guru by? T- telling us to expand. How how are we to learn about this? Uh, um, exp- what's going to happen if we expand? And um, now ether. I've got to say that as a substance, as an um, element, ether is quite elusive. I tried to do a little researching both in, uh, in the Vedic, um, what would you say, context and the western modern one and by modern i mean the greeks uh, you know the greeks the romans uh, into the middle ages or re- renaissance etc and there are some common opinions and um uh, so many times they diverge so it's really hard to explain what this ether is one thing i was thinking is we know from other descriptions of uh, the ingredients of matter in the Bhagavatam itself that the progression is, uh, say, from grossest to subtlest. It goes earth, water, fire, air, ether, and these are still physical. And then we have mind, and intelligence, and ego. So i was wondering why would the avodhut mention the earth which stands to reason it's the very first thing we all touch we may not realize that um, we're breathing but we are well kind of i mean you you could take it any which way you know you could be unaware that you're standing and sitting on earth any given time just like you aren't aware that you're breathing but you know let's try to give it some shape the earth is we're always in contact with the earth so it's the first element that you perceive is the physicality of everything and uh without any spiritual knowledge a human being is very physical it's all it's actually um like an animal we were talking about in the lesson on air how air as um opposite to the earth represents the divine so the earth is the Terrenal, I think is the word. I can't remember how you say it in English, but, you know, the earthly, the mundane and the physical, like, you know, food comes from the earth for, you know, from the point of view of, um, well, well, many living beings, food comes from the earth and uh, it means sustenance. It means um, the the lowest chakra corresponds with the earth and it's all about sexual energy. It's like the basic, and needs of the human or of the, the animal being it's it's animality but I was saying that not quite human beings but the human experience so as we know it's all about a soul being well it's all about consciousness expressing itself interacting with matter through different bodies that reflect its own state, the, the the vibration at which consciousness vibrates. So, when consci- consciousness expresses itself through a um a, a human body, we find that there is a divine and a animal nature coexisting. Uh, in the Vedic worldview. Human goes from us, human, all the way to the demigods that counts as human species. So it's like a refining of the human experience. Um, they become so subtle that even their bodies are, are subtle, but they still count as human. But anyway, the kind of knowledge I'm talking about is um, just as a ter- stuff that you can find in the Kabbalah, you know, in the tarot, in this, like how the ancient and most civilizations would just try to make sense of the world we live in so earth means your basic eating sleeping mating and defending it's like the the turf our turf the 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 terrain we live on and we as human beings stand on earth but we need to breathe we need to stand on earth we find everything on earth but without air we die on earth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we become earth we go back to earth then again whoever is we you know our body but anyway if we were to follow this esoteric vision of everything man stands on earth beneath air to breathe just like we are conditioned souls we need we need to sleep to eat to we don't necessarily need to mate but uh, these are very normal necessities of uh, the human experience and uh, shelter, sleeping to various degrees, eating, sleeping, reproducing. I guess as a species, the the human species needs to reproduce. Not every single individual, but whatever. But then, human being is also among all animals, from what we understand and, and perceive. My niece used to say at some point about how do we know that animals don't don't think in turn whatever I can't remember what she was trying to say but I have a cat in my cabin and I can see that you know if a lizard goes behind a rock it just keeps looking she can't see oh the lizard went behind the rock and you just go behind and stick my hand she totally loses it and that's a cat so imagine other animals yeah I guess dolphins and pigs are more intelligent but they don't seem and not because they don't speak, they just don't seem to have the intelligence that sometimes humans show uh and, and and prove to have, which is, you know, philosophy all the way to theistic thought. So anyway, human the human experience is the, the link between the animality, the, the animal nature, the lower nature, and the divine nature. Which, let me qualify better. It's not that humans are divine in and of itself. Humans are the most facilitated in realizing how we are divine, but we, everybody, every soul, is a spark of the divine. All of us, ha, that's the thing. That's the, I, I wouldn't say all of us we're, are God, but God is in all of us. It's nothing but consciousness expressing itself. To infinite degrees, in all kinds of ways, like I said at the beginning, ultimately we all agree on that we may not, you know, live life like this. And um, you know, myself, sometimes I speak in ways that I'm like, "Oh God, now they're all thinking Shamasundra is becoming a Maya body." But um, it's, it is in the scripture. We it all it stands to reason if it's said in a certain way. We all know it. We just don't think about it. We just don't uh, function with that kind of like background of knowledge in in the forefront but it is true that there's nothing but consciousness expressing itself through itself because ultimately there is no (laughs) here here goes a shankara no I, i promise i'm not becoming an atheist or a Mayavadi, but there's no matter there is you know see the world through krishna's eyes see the world through god's eyes where is matter you know, it's, it's, it's consciousness, whether you, you see it as the conscious or the consciousness, whether you see it as energetic, uh, not in this order. But anyway, energetic or energy. What's, this, what's, what's the difference between the energetic and the energy? You know, it, it's again us making sense of a certain reality we're part of, we cannot quite grasp, especially coming from our, you know, however many millions of births in a conditioned state here we are trying to grasp you know energy consciousness the absolute the infinite and the eternal so um so we talk we just use words and try to make sense of them the energetic and the energy but you know from Krishna's eyes there's nothing but consciousness there's nothing but him pure energy pure consciousness expressing himself how does he do it through his energies and their spiritual energy and material energy which is an important thing like in science they talk about allow, uh, they talk a lot about energy and matter as in energy is this um impalpable thing that uh is just a fact of life and then matter is made of particles smaller and smaller and smaller particles now everything is changing around with quantum physics I don't know if I want to go there because I definitely don't understand the first thing about quantum physics, but uh, I can repeat things that I hear, hear, and they, and that make a lot of sense. And I'm like, wow, science is catching up with what the Vedas have been saying all along, and that people were dismissing. Well, some people were dismissing. Like people born in a Vedic setting were like, okay, yeah, sure. Mahavishnu looks at matter and impregnates matter and. They just accept it at face value and, and meanwhile they have a, a sense of how of how things came to be. And some would just dismiss it as like, yeah, right, there is this God with four arms on the ocean, in, in the middle between spirit and matter, and it's all allegory. But now uh, quantum physics for a while and it's still developing and becoming finer and finer as a as a thought, is saying that the observer is um, how do they put it? The observer determines the outcome of, a, of an experiment, meaning if you're there, I won't get too much into the details of this, but when there's an observer, uh, electrons behave like particles. But when you, when you don't observe it, they behave like wave. Now, there's a whole thing about is a wave like the very core, the very base of um, of existence. Um, others note here it's more accepted now that a particle matter can also act as a wave energy at the same time yeah which is what i was talking about so is it one or the other so even the scientific thought is uh because i'll tell you what yes just yesterday while researching ether if i can go back to talk about ether there was this guy who was saying to prove the existence of ether he was all into tesla and his um uh, you know, uh, explanation of the world and uh, how all the ancients used to see and describe everything. I forget how he was worded. It. He was a very bo- boisterous guy, saying, "Oh, they're all stupid. Humanity is stupid. Scientists are stupid." And he said how it is. He said how it is in his vision, but I couldn't quite make sense of it. But he says that there is no particle or or wave nothing being sent whether it's light or sound nothing is emitted from here to another place that receives it like it's all floating in the ether looking in the ether so if I am in a pool and you're at the other side of the pool and I somehow move the water you wouldn't say you touched me no the same water that you're in and that I'm in there, there has been some compression he talks about induction but anyway Talk about this guy, but there are many ways of describing reality. And um, what was I talking about particle energy? So we, uh, the, the Vedas, have been talking all along about spiritual energy or material energy. And um, I have a little bit of a pet not pet peeve. What is the expression? I have uh, I have uh, something to break. Something <laughs> I remember the English expression, but. Uh, um something that bothers me about the um, cultural superimposition of how a Western convert to let's say Hinduism or even just um yeah uh, let's say Western devotee would come with a baggage of Manichaeistic vision of things Manichaeistic is uh, an ideology that seeped into the Bible and uh, it's all about the forces of good and the forces of evil. You know, even nowadays you hear about Christians talking about Satan and Satan, like, really? Like, you're torn between God and Satan? And uh, like, Satan has equal power? And, and it, you know, it's, um, a lot of devotees speak like that about Maya. Oh, Maya is, you know, Maya is pure. Maya Devi is, uh, you know, he, she's portrayed as, um, Vishnu's uh, sister Vaishnavi Narayani she carries the same um symbols or weapons of uh, Vishnu to, to to express that affiliation she comes she's an energy of Vishnu she is um, as pure and infinite as um, you know perfect as any other energy of Krishna or say Bhagawan, who is not different from his energies so not like it's the case of whoever is listening because I don't know who I'm talking to but um as a as a note of caution let's not let's not um see whether we're converts or not let's let's not see the world in terms of God and Maya and uh, uh oh spirit and matter you could say see it as a condensation of the same energy at one end of the spectrum, you see what we perceive as spiritual, and on the other end, it's been transformed so much that you're like, "Oh, and that's matter, but going back to the allegorical you know they say that um uh, who is he Karnoda Vishnu lies in in the Viraja river at the say that separates spirit from matter. what is that?" you know it's a way of conceptualizing it if if spirit is where there's no space no time how can you make a distinction and and so matter well god there's so many things i could be talking about but um i gotta say that to be absolutely honest i am 30 percent shaky on certain things but it's just uh not something that you can talk about not knowing who's on the other side because uh, i don't want to lose anybody so let's keep it let's go back to the to the core and um i opened so many topics uh topics i'm sorry i i let's see if i can get to the end of um one thread so i was talking about uh actually let's finish this thing about maya like the devil says um <laughs> i don't remember it. Krishna, Surjo, Krishna, Surjo, Sama, Maya, hoyan something, something. Anyway, it says that Krishna is like the sun, and um, Maya is like a, uh, a deep, dark well. and So the darkness of a deep well, but, or let's say shadow. So wherever there is a sun, which is the cause of shadows, there cannot be darkness. So in other words, yeah, the sun is here, so there's a shadow there, but where the sun hits, where the sun is present and and, and, um, it's evident that it's there, you cannot have darkness. So it's uh, to put in in perspective the position of Krishna and the position of Maya. But even more so, I remember hearing that under the Madan Mohan temple, there's a deity of Yoga Maya. Uh, or Mahamaya, I think it's Yoga Maya. Hmm. Well, Yoga Maya, and Mahamaya are two sides of the same coin. The point I'm making is that it's Krishna's energy. So maybe the manifestation of the material energy is <laughs> what impure, imperfect because it's temporary or bad. Yeah, if we have material consciousness. You know again it, it goes down to the observer ultimately what is there is material consciousness that tinges everything so now i'm trying to remember why i said that let's let's see the world through krishna's eyes there is no evil nothing to nothing imperfect nothing uh, impure and I was saying that um, it's consciousness, it's expressing itself from, you know, Krishna, interacting with his girlfriends and, and friends and, and everybody in Braj in, in ways with such intensity and all the modalities that we know and hear about where he doesn't even know he's God. And then it's still consciousness expressing itself through Vaikuntha, through, you know, uh, all the way through the material world, you know, the are specks of consciousness so you can say that's atma and that's paramatma but if you just see it as consciousness it's really all that's happening consciousness expressing itself through one medium or another and uh, relishing the uh, the experience that it it draws out of its own expression and there are infinite expressions all the way to the what we may perceive as the most oh i don't know you know spacious like you know there are people what was i talking about just yesterday i was thinking my god can you imagine people in beirut going through a pandemic and a huge bomb explodes i wonder how they recuperated how they could i would have a nervous breakdown so and you're like that's divine that's the divine express in itself uh yeah you know think of all the things we can go through in our dreams the dreams or, or the nightmares we don't give them a lot of uh, a lot of um, credit but it's really just us they say that whoever we see in a dream who we interact in a dream is really just a facet an expression of our subconscious ultimately of our self our fears and our our, our so us that's what vishnu does that's what Bhagawan consciousness does, you would say that, um, you know, Vaikuntha, the way to Vrindavan is God's lucid dream, where he really decides what to do, and everything is super special. And um, the material world is this nightmare, in a way. I mean, a nightmare kind of uh, implies lack of control, but, um, yeah, ultimately, every one of us, we're all characters in God's dream so their default what what good and what evil is there everything is is pure and spiritual which you know might confuse a lot of people like what well yeah I mean uh, the only problem is material consciousness not even matter is a problem what is matter if we said it's not even matter as we perceive it it's just energy like Prabhupada you know gives that famous example of electricity you can get a fridge you can run a fridge with it, you can run an oven, it's just energy. Okay, so let's see, my God, 10 minutes, Um, ether, I was saying that the ether is, um, well, if nothing else, let me let me conclude with this uh, analysis of the movements because it's a cute one to remember and uh, to keep in mind and meditate on. So we were saying that the earth uh, the movement of the earth is towards the center. The movement of the air is away from the center, like expansion. We haven't covered fire and water, but it's without saying that fire wants to go up, water goes wants to go down. A lot of nice teachings can be drawn out of that. Like my gumar says, we should be like water. We should just always reach for the lowest possible position. But then water g- grows. You know, when the river touches the bottom, then. The, the same water that was going anyway <laughs> that was going down it goes up so many realizations or water is adaptable it takes the, the the shape of the container so much can be said about water so if fire goes up and water goes down and earth goes towards the center and air goes away from the center what's the movement of ether which i was trying to describe the ancient and all over i haven't found much in the Bhagavatam it says that Whenever I hear the ether mentioned, it's an unusual description of the elements that we were talking about. Earth, water, uh, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and ego. And um, Prabhupada talks about the ether saying it does exist. Because by the way, in, uh, in, uh, in Western science, I'm all relaxed today because there is no Spanish translation. So I can speak as I would speak in, instead of thinking of an easier way of saying this and 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 giving two classes in my mind okay um ether is not recognized by um i don't know but now now everything is you know being discussed and 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 revolutionized and and, uh, you know revisited but up until the beginning of the 20th century ether was seen as some kind of concept of the ancient some kind of like you know not real science because they tried to measure it and they concluded that there is no ether because they could not measure it they couldn't find the right equation or instrument so it's like you know there's a a, a story that i'll probably say in the course of all these uh classes we have game night here sometimes and sometimes movie night and one of these movie nights it was I mean, movie <laughs> it was a documentary it was a uh, pretty presentation presentation by a famous theologian theist somebody i don't know and uh i gotta say i slept through the whole thing and i'm not usually somebody who sleeps through a movie but somehow i must have been tired the one sentence I i did catch was him in this speech saying that it would be i think he was talking about atheists and he said it would be as if a pack of wolves you know convened and said well some of the wolves are talking about this thing called mathematics and uh, well, uh, some some people say that it doesn't exist some people say that it's there so we're going to find some conclusive evidence now by applying the sniffing, sniffing method because that's how how wolves uh, approach the world first thing you got to sniff see you know sniff the air sniff if dangers in the air somebody's friendly if it's edible if it's whatever, if it's a, part, a member of the family, they sniff away. So they started to sniff and they're like, I don't sniff any mathematics. I don't smell any mathematics. I don't think this mathematic exists. That's how ridiculous sometimes the scientific community sounds in their you know ego. They keep saying, this is as far as we've understood so far about reality. And then in the same breath, they start spewing facts like it's like this and this is not the case. And doesn't exist or whatever another financial monetary interests and the the famous food and drug administration saying no studies there are no studies that conclude that this herb helps or this practice helps yeah because no studies have been done or made or in a conclusive way because nobody was putting the money because they don't care to patent an herb because it's a it's free medicine but anyway so uh the the ancients did think about the ether did uh, uh include it and <clears throat> there are different opinions some people say it's space like there is earth water fire uh whatever I said earth water fire air and then all these elements are contained in ether or the space between them is ether. So. Ether is Akash in Sanskrit, and some people call it sky. As a matter of fact, oh, I don't know, should I do two classes, because I haven't even started the verse uh, uses a word that says the means sky. So, and there is a bit of a correlation between uh, air and ether. One fun thing I learned yesterday is that for many ancient civilizations ether was what the gods breathe. It's kind of interesting, like we earthlings need air like ugh, the, the thick air made of you know made of air <laughs> made of gas to for our sustenance but the demigods the gods breathe ether and uh, I haven't quite um, you know explored the ramifications of that but it was very interesting so anyway some people say it's space some people say it's just this um you know the way I can describe it is like vegetables in 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 a soup you cut up carrots and potatoes and whatever vegetable you want and you put them in cold water and you're like okay that's water the water is pervading the the pot and all these vegetables are soaking in water it's a common medium to the point that there's water in the vegetables if we wanted to see it and then the the soup cooks and uh now you call it soup because it's all mixed together. Still, you can recognize the carrot, the so the water, the fire, the air, the earth, but um, ether will always be pervading. Would be the element in which all these other elements mm, kind of like uh, exist, and the one that pervades all of them. So, Prabhupada talks about television, that you know the TV. Um, would you say Uh, broadcast is a proof that there is a vehicle in which this um, invisible electromagnetic uh, impulses uh, waves um, travel through because you know in the example of air you can see the leaves okay air moves the leaves i cannot see the air but i see the leaves but how do you see electromagnetic frequencies you know we see them manifest in the TV screen or in the radio, etc. To the point that even in English you say on air or in the ether. Now, I haven't even begun saying whatever I wanted to say. So now I've got three minutes and I'm a bit... Gee, I don't know. I don't expect myself to say much about the moth or the... Who knows like i said we're discussing the infinite the eternal the absolute so we got nothing better to do and uh, we could be doing this for if it's not let's see this is the third out of 24 gurus even if we do two which i think i did two i did two on air i guess let's just do two on ether and uh, nobody's running after us but uh, i'll leave you with this um so fire goes up, water goes down, Earth goes to the center, air goes away from the center. So if ether is everywhere and it's all pervasive, what does it go? What's the movement of ether? It is vibration. Ether flickers in and out of existence, like we see at the very core, whether you consider the electron, um, there's buzz. Even Tesla said, if you wanna know the secrets of the universe, you need to see, it the universe in terms of energy vibration and frequency so basically there's nothing but vibrating energy and and um, it, it pulses from let's say up to down or compressed and less compressed and the frequency at which this alternation happens is uh you know what this whole world manifests out of out of you can see brahma created the whole phenomenic world out of um, mantras he just spoke the world into existence and if you want to do a research on uh, what's it called cymatic cymatics you know when they put salt on a vibrating membrane and then they they keep tweaking the frequency and it goes from circular to square and there are some more complicated uh, videos where they actually they make spirals and galaxies. It's like, whoa, am I really? It really looks like you're seeing a universe being formed and planets, and one of them looked like a caterpillar. So there is this theory that, uh, that, you know, this key uh, to read the world where everything is a buzz, everything is vibration. And so that's, I guess, what we'll talk about next time. So, the vibration, the ether, the sound, you know, how much can we say about sound and the quality of sound? And, uh, and another aspect of ether is that it's all accommodating, which is another quality a Vaishnav would want to uh, cultivate so I guess stay tuned for uh, next month and we'll be talking about more on this I I wasn't hoping I could uh, discuss everything I wanted to discuss but you know again it's it's not about water it's not about the ether it's about the overarching teaching that Guru is everywhere and that Guru is Krishna or that Krishna is Guru and and even more overarching like my rambling on consciousness it's why not talk about the same stuff over and over month after month so okay i guess i'm gonna have to close here um he says thank you so much well thank you for, for giving me some feedback at least you know i'm not talking to just to nobody and um let me just uh look at uh youtube just in case somebody is writing no okay so i'm gonna close here and um more next, next month sorry for the. Uh, scatterbrain but i thought it was all useful stuff to say first of all from me for my impurification and to hear